step into the mic is a longtime friend. You know Monica McNutt. I'm Chris Miles and J.P. Finley, man. Well, we've known each other almost a decade now working together at NBC Sports Washington, right? It's been a while, man. Monica, too. I mean, when were you when were you slumming it on the desk with me before yeah, you made the big time and were working in the Big Apple and everything? That, what was that, 2011, 2012, somewhere? Yeah, it was a while ago. It was mm-hmm. a while ago. So before we started this podcast, you asked me a question I'm going to throw right back at you. Sure. Considering that I think the number of Patriots sitting out this season now is up to six. Uh, baseball on the verge of being postponed, if not canceled, preseason essentially canceled for the NFL. Is there a fear that the NFL season will also be canceled soon? I, not soon. I don't think they cancel it until they start playing. So I, I think we get week one. I, I think Thursday, September 10th, you see the Chiefs and the Texans play. I, I think that happens. And then I think you – I honestly think we get the full slate of week one, Sunday, September 13th. I just don't know how you keep going – in the sport of – we're talking about baseball, which is pretty socially distant anyway. And what is it, up to almost 20 guys on the – 20 people in the Marlins organization have it after three games. Football is just a, an entirely different sport with constant contact and very hardcore physical contact. It's, it's getting harder and harder for me to see a scenario where they, they play 16 games and – four playoff games and it all happens in the timeline it's supposed to happen. I, I, I sincerely hope I'm wrong, but if you're asking me just what do I expect to happen, it, it gets harder and harder to see that scenario. So as someone that covers the Redskins, you've been on that beat for a few years. Now. Washington football team. Chris. Oh, yeah, Washington I did it. The Washington football. football. You know what? Man, I don't cover the NFL. I could call them what I call them, man. Okay, the Washington <laughs> football team. Um, is, has there been – what's the information for training camp protocol for media members? For instance, you know, for those covering the NBA on campus, because I'm not allowed to say bubble, by the way. I don't know if you're aware of that. But oh, really? on campus for the NBA, uh, you got a quarantine for seven days. If there's a positive test, that turns into 17 days. You're not allowed to leave your room as a media member before you can attend pre- – it's pretty heavy. It's pretty severe. So for you covering an NFL franchise – What's the protocol as a media member just for training camp? So I, we kind of don't know. I, like everything surrounding this COVID world, here's what I know is that I had to submit my name and address to the NFL because they're creating a database. Um, I imagine that's for contact tracing should tests start to appear. Um, we get normally training camp, as you guys both know, we get full access. I'd be down in Richmond for the better part of a month. I get to watch everything. I get to talk to any player I want as they leave the field, any coach I want. I mean, training camp is where you really build a, a knowledge base and a rapport with players for the whole season. Um, That's not going to be the case this year. And there are people that are like, we're all three in the media, right? And I do not understand this at all because there are media members that are actively complaining about our level of access during this COVID pandemic. I understand why this stuff is happening. So I'm not complaining about it. I'm just preparing myself for something that's going to look entirely different than I'm used to. So it's my understanding the teams are, nobody's traveling for training camp. Everybody's just having it at their facility. And for Washington, that means at their Ashburn facility, and they've set up two different 
kind of little base camps, if you will, for there's two tiers of credentials for media members. Um, all told, and, and it's not just media members, it's visiting scouts and medical people. And so I, I th it's like people that aren't employed by the team, but still have to be there if that makes sense. Um, I have gotten one of those credentials. I should be out there plenty, but I don't know what, I don't get to speak to a player face to face. I imagine all year. Um, every interaction will be on zoom. Um, generally you're so close on the sideline at training camp that like if a play, if, if a receiver goes up for a ball and catches it and lands out of bounds, like, like I can help them up. I, I mean, this is serious. Sometimes if a, if a pass gets broken up, the ball like bounces to you. That's how close you are. I, I think this year will be nothing like that. I think I'll be kind of sequestered to a little tent, an outdoor tent in the corner of an end zone. So I'll have to probably rely on binoculars and stuff to, to really try to watch some of this. But that's the plan right now. Who knows what the plan is going to be in two weeks. Um, and it's also important to point out I'm going to have to do health screening. Um, and I think they're taking my temperature every day, um, which we're going to be sitting outside in 2000 degree August in DC. I don't know if that will impact my temperature, but I, I don't, it's going to be, it's going to be weird. dude. It, it's absolutely going to be weird, but I am of the mind that you should still try to do it. The plan for everything can't just be wait and wait until it gets better because it's not how the world or the universe works. You got to try to make things better yourself. So we're recording at the end of July, the 27th. We found out about the Marlins beginning to test positive in their organization. The 28th, we find out that six at the count, the time that we're recording this pod, six of the Patriots are opting out of this season. Now, JP, like we talked about at the top of the pod, but I know you've been grinding and people respect you on the beat. In terms of players, any idea if guys are considering not playing? So Caleb Brantley opted out um, for Washington. He's a D lineman. There was a lot of excitement about him when they signed him last year. He got released from Cleveland. If you remember, he had a <laughs> – these things are often more complicated than they appear on the surface level, and I only know the surface level story. But he was a pretty big deal prospect coming out of the draft a couple years ago, and then he was falsely accused of a domestic – situation and that caused his draft stock to plummet I think he was a six rounder and then it came out that that was all in you know fake and it probably cost that kid millions of bucks um I, but that's irrelevant to this so he has opted out for the 2020 season the NFL has a situation where you get 150k if you opt out so you're still collecting some money veteran minimum salary at this point is almost 500 grand. So even the lowest paid guys are leaving money on the table. Um, but it's, it's interesting to me because I don't know that Caleb Brantley was a lock to make the roster anyway with a new staff. Um, you know, he wasn't, the, he wasn't signed by Ron Rivera or, or any of that. So I wonder if some opt outs, you start to see high level players opt out like Dante Hightower opted out for the Patriots He's got plenty of cash, and he's a star. He's got three Super Bowl rings. So that dude's opting out because of health concerns. But if I was a fringe roster guy, and ultimately you should still have health concerns is why you're opting out. But if I wasn't sure of making the team and didn't then want to have to travel around to try to make other teams, because the, the, the life of that bottom 
10 players on an NFL roster, especially the bottom five and then the five guys on the practice squad, it's not glamorous. People always think of pro athlete. I mean, these guys are, are getting game checks. They don't – whatever their salary is for the year is prorated by game. So if they only play two or three games or they're only on a practice squad two or three weeks, that's all the money they collect. And, and so maybe Brantley saw all of that and was like, listen, I'll just take the 150 grand. I don't know, though. Maybe he has asthma or something, and then there was a real medical reason to opt out. But I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of Washington players opting out, at least not right now. But I think they could opt out kind of whenever they want. I, I don't think that that's limited to, hey, you got to do it before camp officially starts or something. I don't know. So there is a guy that seems to be back in the fold. Um, Alex Smith, Stefania Bell, did an excellent report on him and the fact that uh, apparently he's cleared to play. What does that mean for this team, for him to be back in the fold? I mean, when I saw that, I'm like, wait, Dwayne Haskins, I thought, I thought he's your guy. You bring Alex Smith, who he was the – I mean, the last time this team – I don't know, man. I'm just going to say it. RG three years, uh, his year, Alex Smith's year is the only two times that in the last ten years that I looked at the, Red, that the Washington football team, formerly <laughs> known as the Redskins, and thought – oh, maybe they have something going here. So for you have to at least give him a shot if he's in the fold, right? So I know you spoke to Coach uh, Rivera recently. So what did he say? What's, what's the expectation uh, for Alex Smith in this amazing comeback story? Mine, you see how Miles didn't give Kirk any credit? He just said RG3. <laughs> nah, man. Smith. He was always oh, Basuda, bro. We're not talking about Kurt. We're not talking about Kurt, as, uh, <laughs> as, your, as your boy Jay would say. Kurt. Get him out of here. Yeah, he's um, can't 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 convert in the red zone. Get him out of here. Never believe. I see that. I see that Saints thing hanging over your shoulder there. I'm pretty Black sure Kurt gold, knocked baby. him out of the playoffs. Uh oh. Uh, no, Uh-oh. see, it was yeah, a hell of a throw. You got to give credit for Diggs, baby. From where he a turk? Just saying. He is. Um, he is a turk. We're proud of him. So the Alex situation is is getting to a place where it's going to be weird. Uh, from a personal perseverance, everybody watched that documentary. Everybody saw those pictures of his leg. The guy's incredible, right? Just incredible what he's done to come all the way back. So he didn't – this language gets very convoluted, but Ron Rivera explained it as he passed the physical, but he didn't pass the football portion of the physical. And that's why they've put him on the physically unable to perform list, the pup list. And before he can get off the pup list, he has to show that he could pass the football portion of the physical. But the good news is he can practice. He can be in all the meetings, all the facilities. To me, this might be as far as this ever goes, Mm -hmm. because I don't know that there's going to be a coach or a medical official that wants to be the one that signs the paper that says, I'll put Alex back on the field. If Alex Smith is getting chased by – Fletcher Cox, the whole country is going to be cringing. And I don't know what Alex will be doing. So I asked Ron, hey, what happens if Alex can actually play? Yeah. And, and Rivera said, you know, then he becomes part of the equation. And, and he's part of the competition at quarterback. And that is what the coach has to say. What, what the hell else can he say? But the reality is for seven months now, Rivera has talked about playing as young guys, rebuilding for the future, building a sustainable winner. Alex Smith's 36 coming off of an incredible injury. 
that can't be your plan. Even if because here's Alex is better than Dwayne right now. If he can play, if Alex is healthy and can play, he's better than Dwayne right now. But that doesn't help you long term. And you've also got Kyle Allen floating around, who the team traded for, who started for Ron last year, who knows offensive coordinator Scott Turner's system. And Ron said he would have a leg up in the competition if there were no preseason games. So this is Dwayne Haskins' team. Like, I know that. You guys know that. And, and they're handling it way, way better than it went last year. But it's still nothing – nothing is ever simple in Ashburn, man. Nothing – especially at the quarterback position. I mean, we could joke about RG3 and Kirk, but why did they draft Kirk when they drafted Robert second? I mean, all these things. Like, nothing is ever simple. Nothing is ever, ever simple. All right, you mentioned it in that answer, JP. Obviously, we're all adjusting to this year. No preseason this year. Camp is going to look a little weird. Just what's Rivera's overall energy on moving forward in this crazy season? As a new head coach, not to mention the whole rebranding, it's a lot on his plate. Like, it's a lot. There's a lot going on over there. Um, Ron, I've gotten to know him a little bit, just, you know, going back to January. Um, he seems on top of it all. He he doesn't seem overwhelmed, at least publicly. I imagine at the height of – you know, after George Floyd was murdered and as corporate sponsors started to come at Washington to formally ask them to change the name, then you get that Washington Post report with sexual harassment allegations from 15 different women that formerly worked for the team. I mean, I think if you could have gotten Ron alone with truth serum, he would say, oh my God, what is going on here? My head is spinning. But he, he hasn't hinted any of that. There's been zero, even honestly, like signs of that uh, just for, as an observer. Um, but I, I think, I think what he could use and this organization could use above all else is to get back on the field. And if they could start and, and if they go three and one in their first four games or something, I, I, winning would help a lot. Um, I think Ron, Ron was brought in to change the culture I bet he thought that was a football culture, not an overall cultural rebuild of an entire $4 billion organization, but that's the task he's got now. Um, and he seems willing and able to take that on, but we'll see. JP, you mentioned the Washington post article that is just, I mean, it, it opened up so many eyes, but there was so much before the article and I'm bringing you to what I call the broadcaster's beef of that week, okay? Uh, there was another Washington. I had plenty of beef. Yes, I know. And, you know, here's the thing. You and I both work at 106.7 The Fan. And there was one day you called in, and I was doing updates. Oh, and you yeah. were going off, man. I, I was there that day. I don't know if you were aware of that. But that's kind of my point. I mean, these are people you see every day. Uh, for our listeners, to help you understand what happened here, there were a series of tweets, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. I was annoyed at local media members. And I know you see me sure. on Twitter, JP, in the sense that if I have information, that I am not tweeting, I have this information, right? And so you were lumped into a group of others who I thought were being very flagrant with that. Like, guess what? I know this, but I'm not saying anything yet. Totally. And it started the rumor mill of 
ridiculousness that when the Washington Post article did come out, which was scathing, right. it seemed like, ah, this isn't as bad, which sounds ridiculous to think that there's 15 different women alleging sexual assault and misconduct. So the, the question I have for you, JP, is how did you find yourself enthralled in that situation and moving forward with the people that put you in that situation from the Washington Post? I mean, how were you going to handle that as Monica sips her tea? <laughs> well, um, if you were the head of PR at NBC Sports Washington and called me and told me just to shut up and not fight back at the whole world like I wanted to, um, which was a wise decision. I, in case people don't know what we're talking about, um, this is, we're now going back two weeks, I think, right? Um, I, I, we, again, time is a construct. Right, for sure, especially right now. Um, so the Redskins <laughs> – you got me that time. Washington ah, fired – right. Washington fired two of their personnel executives, um, guys that had been with the team a long time, guys that had big-name titles. That happened on Saturday. And then I, they were also in the middle of rebranding the name. That, that was happening. And all I did was tweet out Sunday night – going to be a real busy week and it's not going to be pretty and there's going to be some stuff that's not pretty i don't remember what the exact tweet was but that's all i said i never said anything about a, a looming story or, or the outlet it was coming from any of that i never said anything and you know why it was going to be a busy week because they just fired two people and we got to figure out why they just fired these guys because these are nfl personnel executives there's two times a year when those guys get fired it's at the end of the season or it's after the draft that 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 what they just did would be like firing a, a tax accountant on April 10th when you're in, in the middle. Yeah, They're about to go to training camp. Like they, none of that made sense. And that's what I was talking about. And over the Wait, course can, of the can I say one thing in your defense, I, sure. I will say this when everything was happening, I like to be objective and I went through all of your tweets to, to make sure that you only had one tweet that was accurate. And I said, Thank you, you know, Miles. Let's say this, and if you have this information and you're covering the team, this is accurate. There's something big happening. I'm going to fall back and not say anything else. And it's like you tweeted that, and then everyone lost their minds. I mean, they, they're just, everyone had the inside scoop. Yeah. I, I blame you, though. Everybody's following you because there are a bunch of people that are like, well, if JP knows this, then I know something too. I blame you in that regard, not as in a bad way, but like, yo, people, stop following my man who had who made one tweet and you guys decided to make it 50,000 tweets. And there were some people that started talking about sources in Ashburn and stuff. None of my <laughs> – some of the people that started talking about their sources in Ashburn, I've never seen in Ashburn. So, Ooh. like – Hold on, hold on. Run that back. No, Remix. I'm telling you, I'm going to get another call from our PR guy. Say I'm going to get in trouble. Again. That line again. I'm going to get in trouble again. I'm trying to move forward, Miles. That was We're all moving I've never seen you in Ashburn. My guy. In the spirit um, of moving forward. <laughs> thank you, Monica. I've never seen forward. you in Ashburn, baby. Um, yeah. Accountability is a tricky thing. So decisions were made, we're moving forward. What we have left, besides filling those positions, those vacancies, shout out to our friend, who we all know, Julie Donaldson, who is now in a premier yeah. position within that organization as the assistant director of media, I believe. Um, oh, I think it's like vice president. Of vice media. president of media. It's a serious title. Yeah. Julie's now the vice president. She's someone, obviously, who is 
poured her heart and soul into covering that team. Well-deserved. We love to see it. So we got Julie yep. in place, and we got some young talent in place, JP. Everybody was super excited about Chase Young, rightfully so. Um, Terry McLaurin obviously surprised some folks last year. As you look forward to what is on the field, who are you most excited about? Um, Chase Young, for sure. But uh, I, I want to see Haskins. I, I, what's crazy is if you go back to May 1st, after the NFL draft's over, before, you know, obviously COVID had taken over our country, but not all the social unrest and, and terrible events that occurred Memorial Day and beyond. But um, you go back there, the story was becoming – hey, look, there's some real momentum in Washington. They got a new coach that isn't an idiot and seems to know what he's doing. They finally got rid of Bruce Allen. They got a ton of salary cap space. They got $35 million in cap space for, for 2021. Um, they just drafted a kid that's supposed to be all world. He's supposed to be as good as the Bosa's or Von Miller or, or take your pick. Um, they should have a much better defense. There was momentum from, from a football perspective. Fast forward two months, and the team name got changed rightfully and understandably. The Washington Post story comes out. The allegations are awful. People get fired. Um, and, and it just kind of has changed the entire conversation. But, it, I mean, if you, if you just look from a football perspective, really this thing boils down to Dwayne Haskins. I, I think the defense should be much improved. Yeah. I think defensively they should go from a bottom five unit to a, at least middle of the pack, if not better. Um, a, a lot of that without dragging the old staff is, is just a byproduct of, of new capable coaches with, uh, with Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. Um, they've got talent defensively. I worry about them on the back end. I, I don't think they're good enough at corner, but we'll, we'll find out. And, and Offensively, they've gotten some good news in the past couple of days. Darius Geis is healthy past his physical. Bryce Love is healthy past his physical. Um, they got serious questions at wideout besides Terry McLaurin. They got serious questions at tight end and left tackle. But if Haskins can play, Chris. I think you're look. If Haskins can play, I think you're looking at a team. The goal to me should be doubling last year's win total. I'm not getting crazy miles. Relax. They went three and thirteen last year. So you double the win total. You get to six and ten. You've got all that cap space. You got all your draft picks. Then 2021 becomes the next building block where you're aiming at nine and seven. And then the year beyond that is when you're like, all right, we're a contender. That that would be the normal progression of this thing. But so much of it hinges on Dwayne. Okay. Okay. This is I, I've been chomping at the bit to say this to you, right? In this sense. I hear you, and I'm not saying Dwayne Haskins can't get the job done, but everything you said leading up to that as a young quarterback, where's his weapons? How's he being protected? You know, when when Trent, when it was when all this stuff was happening with Trent, I'm like, you know what? Then the last thing, and you've heard me say this, I'm like, if Trent's not playing and you don't have that guy at left tackle, you know, don't put the young guy out there because if he gets hurt and you he loses his confidence, then what? I think Terry McLaurin, that that's my guy. I'm rolling with him. We all know he's exceptional. He's a talented player. But you couldn't name another weapon. And Darius Geis has not shown us any proof that he can stay on the field yet. We know that he was an excellent running back in college. And we know he's a, a talented athlete. But he hasn't performed in the NFL in, in two, two years. So we don't know what he can bring to the table. We don't know how he's going to bounce back. It was back. one excellent game, but it was one game. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah Come on. that's fair. 
I mean, you know, you got people you've never heard of drop 50 in an NBA game. But but my point is, I would love nothing more than for another young black quarterback to be successfully NFL. But it seems like they're not giving him that opportunity. So it's it's like how the defense. I think they keep bringing in talent and talent and talent. Um, But on offense, maybe you can correct me here. Something. Give him somebody. I hear what you're saying, right? And you can look at it that way, and you're right. You're correct. But you know what great players do? They just go out and be great. And they make other guys better. And, I mean, that's what great players do. And and if he's going to be the guy, be the guy. I see what you're saying. And I I guess my point is I don't know if I see Dwayne Haskins as a great player. He might might not be, and it's entirely possible he never gets a real fair shake in Washington. Because I think if he's if he doesn't show to be the guy in 2020, I think Ron will be looking for his own guy in 2021. And depending how things go for Cam in New England, he's only on a one year deal. I wouldn't be shocked if Cam lands in Washington next year. Whoa. Who the hell, dude? Who knows what's going to happen with Alex Smith, who's still under contract in Washington in 2021? If Dwayne isn't the guy, then they're probably going to have a really high draft pick again. And you never know one year to the next because this time last year, nobody was talking about Joe Burrow. Who knows what college player will emerge? 2020 is Dwayne's chance. And you can look at it as, oh, man, I don't have I don't have the best left tackle in football. I'm not even sure who the tight end is going to be. It might be an undrafted dude you've never heard of. Or you can look at it like, this is my chance. I'm going to go kick the damn door down. And I think his mindset is the latter from talking to him a few times this offseason. And that's – the only mindset he can enter this year with. There was so much in that last little conversation that is all huge if because of COVID. Like, first of all, if we get a season to see Dwayne, right. if sure. we get a college season to even potentially build on for Rivera to be scouting at the next level, there's there's so very many unknowns. But, I mean, right now, you can control your mindset if you're Dwayne Haskins, and, like, that's it, literally. Totally. So, Ron Rivera's big thing, and he gave – what I understand was a very spirited um, first ever team meeting. It was via Zoom, but he got everybody on Zoom to talk. I'm sorry, my dog is going nuts. I'm gonna let him out. <laughs> um, I know, I know this. I know that's, this that's, life. That's COVID life right there. Um, mm-hmm. Ron Rivera gave a very impassioned speech, and basically, what he wants from his players is control your attitude, control your preparation, control your effort. Those are the only, I mean, the three of us, that's all we can control, right? Is, is what's internal. And, and I think Dwayne has taken that message, received it. And as, as much as anyone can win in off season, I think Dwayne has done it. I, I, he's, he's lost weight. He looks really good. He was working out with his wideouts. Um, Scott Turner said he knows the playbook inside and out. It seems very prepared. So those are the things Dwayne can control while he's in a quarantine COVID, to, you know, I mean, all of us are stuck in, an impossible situation and just knowing you two, like I, I know you both pretty well and have watched your success. Like we've all kind of done some of this stuff together and that's how you guys are. Like, that's how I am. Like no one's going to give you anything. You got to go take it. For sure. For so sure. how about giving the name red wolves? Uh, Dwayne Haskins said he's in. <laughs> you, you didn't JP think and I, it. JP and I had a conversation 
way back when at the desk, the club, I mean, I know people were clowning Washington football team, but I actually think Washington football club has a like European, like worldly ring to it. And we keep it simple. To me, every single name we've come up with sounds like an AFL league and I hate all of them. Why are we trying to bite Europe? This is an American sport. Because My there's point. no good name. Like if there's, there's just no good, like there's no good name. Sorry. But so here's the other part of this. And Miles is Has, a, Haskins, a, Compton, Jonathan Allen, they rolling with Red Bulls, baby. No, Miles no. is a loud and proud New Yorker. Monica and I grew up inside this beltway and they were the Redskins forever. And everything just sounds weird to me. Stupid. And, yeah. and I've kind of come around on Red Wolves. Like I don't mind it. Um, but it still isn't the name. And so I kind of like Washington football team. I, I think you just keep it and see how it goes. And I know they're in no hurry to make changes over there. So I think it's possible, especially if they go out and win. And that seems pretty improbable. But if, if they if they crank out a 9-7 and seven team as the Washington football team, don't touch it. I, I would like it better as football club. I think it'd be cool just to do like Washington FC, all that kind of stuff. But I, listen, they mess most things up in Washington, like badly. That's just kind of how they operate. They handled the rollout of the Washington football team the best I've seen them do anything over there in a while. They they had it pretty airtight. It didn't leak out. The jerseys look fresh. I really like the helmets with the numbers on there. They had their social media or PR people, whoever handled getting those photoshops to players of them in the new uniform for them to post on their social media was such a cool and smart and engaging way to get the the new logo and look out for once they did something good they're not rushing into some silly cartoon name they're not rushing into the west canaan coyotes from varsity blues or something just chill just catch your breath and chill and i think they made a smart decision you know, I, I, I went on a whole hour rant on 106.7 a fan one day in this in this regard. About Red Wolves? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, that too. But I felt like, and I know it's controversial to say, I always thought that Redskins, even as a Giants fan, was a solid name. All the NFC East names, Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, I always thought like from football perspective, you're not going to get a better name than that as far as the general public viewing it is concerned. But here's the thing. You said it. And it dawned on me, like, the Patriots, that name was absolute garbage in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, people were like, the Patriots, and you made fun of the name. But as they started winning, it is now viewed in this light as the Cowboys, like the New England Patriots. So I'm agreeing with you. I know people like to get on these things and disagree with each other the whole time. But what I'm saying is, my man, we've seen it play out where that has actually been the case when you get a name and you win and people are in. So it doesn't matter what they change the name to, whether it's Red Wolves, whether it's Washington Football Club and they start kicking around a soccer ball for you guys. Right. You know, whatever it is, man, go out there and get some weapons for the quarterback. Uh, go out there, get some defensive backs and get your salary cap right. Salary cap's good. That's one thing they've got. And to your point, the Seahawks when I was a kid were clowns. They were terrible. It's a terrible name. Dude, when tennis, when Houston moved to Tennessee and they were the Tennessee Oilers, yeah. they were, and then the Titans was lame as hell. And then they started winning and it became cool. So the New Orleans Pelicans, I was there for that. You know what we wanted, by the way, down there at that time, they did a poll, New Orleans voodoo. How much better does the voodoo sound than That's the like New Orleans Pelicans? 
I mean, if we're going to go with local flavor, just, oh, wait, the G League team is already the go-go, so that doesn't And that, that feels right with them. It what really does. The bullets. You can't do that, man. You know what? And, and we know, were talking. Dude, I know. That, but the timing cool. of removing that name, you see that jersey. I saw man, it. Getting it. rid of that in the in the mid '90s was perfect because not for nothing. Uh, and this is not something we should smile about. But all of the the school the school shootings that happened right after that. Whew, man, I mean, it was it was good that that name was changed by then. All right, I know you you two are very busy and you have other things to do, and I've kept <laughs> you past your time. Uh, that's Monica McNutt. You know her. She's family. That's J.P. Finley. Man, we all go back like a decade. We get old, people. Why, why isn't Dre on the podcast? Where is Dre? Man, don't play. Dre's probably trying to get his glasses on to read something. <laughs> I don't know. He's a nerd. Nerd alert. Somebody to help him work Zoom. That's funny. I love Dre. Thanks for stepping to the mic, J.P. We appreciate you. Thank you guys, anytime.